0: Love Talk Radio. Welcome to this evening's show of Grassroots Holistic Health, Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Baba Tahuti Wesley Gray, and it's a pleasure to have you with us again this evening. I look forward to uh, enjoying the rest of this weekend, and I hope you are as well, and I really appreciate you sharing your evening this Sunday with us. Uh, the book that we will be reviewing this evening will, is titled The Spiritual Warrior, Transforming Lust. Into love. And um, this book was written some years ago by a Swami Krishnapad. And uh, Swami Krishnapad, uh, he has passed, he's transitioned some years ago. And however, it's uh, really a pleasure to be able to share some of the thoughts that he had shared with us before his transition via the, the book titled The Spiritual Warrior. He was a spiritual teacher, an author, a Princeton graduate, and also the director of the Institute of the Applied Spiritual Technology in Washington, D.C. As a matter of fact, as a man of African descent, he was one of the first uh, ordained or initiated gurus within the Ishkan community. And Swami Krishnapat, uh, in no uncertain terms, was able to transformed lives in his past, and we're talking about nationally as well as international. He was a consultant to diplomats, heads of state, and also the general public, and I never met him, but I had the pleasure of being um, befriended by close friends of his with my association of the ISKCON community, so I I feel very honored to be able to share with you some of the knowledge that he shares with us via the book titled Spiritual Warrior. I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge my wife. She just came into the studio. And how are you doing, I'm great. How are you? I'm fantastic. Yes, we uh, had a very interesting Sunday. We went uh, walking and running, and um, it's definitely a pleasure when we're able to date one another in the mode of exercise and love. And that's something that I advocate and I suggest to all of our listeners that you take the time out, even just by yourself, to eat right and and treat your body right by exercising, even by just taking a walk for half an hour will do you justice. But without any further ado, um, the chapter that I'm going to be reviewing is titled Loving Our Neighbors. And Swami states that all around us we see the results of an industrial paradigms um, result of not focusing, uh, if anything, not focusing on the well-being of our lives and the planet, but more so focusing upon commodities and money and its worship of fame, power, and control. And as a result, he states that we find that modern culture does not give human beings and other living creatures the respect that they deserve. Our planet itself, which is a living being, suffers profoundly from the lack of love. And as we have seen, we treat the earth and other species of life with such disregard that all around us are appearing symptoms of serious illness. We have floods, earth um, earthquakes, droughts, hurricanes, plagues, and countless other Uh, events that place us in a state of miraculous uh, danger. So instead of relating to other human beings with love and caring and compassion, we tend to manipulate and exploit them in a vain search of self-gratification. And as I veer off from uh, quoting uh, what Swami shares with us in the book, I can just say from my own observations that we find that... In our personal life, as we do not take care of our bodies by feeding ourselves with proper nourishment, that indeed um, we fall plague, we fall subject rather to the plagues that surround us. Um, as we have droughts within the weather, indeed by not um, hydrating our bodies with sufficient amount of water, our, wa- our bodies experience a drought, as it were, which is not healthy. And it just so happens that I, I, my wife and I both were involved with an um, a initiative, a mission, as it were, to share the knowledge of how to keep your body healthy, how to optimize the most, as, as it were, from eating proper foods, uh, hydrating your body with water and, and other substances that are needed, Uh, Indeed we have a product line That we embrace Which I'll share with you Later on uh, in the show That assists us In maximizing The health of our bodies And of course as we love ourselves And treat ourselves With love and, and nourishment That it's needed We tend to be able to Do the same for our neighbors We tend to be able to do the same For our friends For our family members If you don't take care of yourself you indeed are not able to take care of others. And if you don't love yourself, you're not able to show that love to others. So Swami goes on to state that loving relationships are the way to counteract this negativity. Our personal relationships are a microcosm of how we deal with each other on an organizational, national, and global level. And how we treat other forms of life, and, indeed, how we treat the earth itself. So healing our planet ultimately depends upon how we relate to one another in the simple interactions of, of daily life experiences by basically relating to each other lovingly, and each of us can make a positive difference in our immediate environment, which is most important. And in society today, he goes on to state that many people do not experience sufficient love in their families, schools, or places of work. Love that cannot find a healthy means of expression often energies in in various perverted forms. Or should I say, it often emerges in various perverted forms. We have already noted that raising levels of child abuse and um, the the rising level of child abuse and rape all around us, as well as many other social and environmental ills, that sexual crimes are distorted manifestations of a natural tendency to love that cannot express itself constructively. Without constructively expressed love, then people tend to reject their own divine nature and their thoughted, loving energy becomes a destructive force in the world. So there's a need for a a culture of love, and this planet will not be healthy until we gain a deeper understanding of the soil and the the soul and the universal love that we all share with each other. It's part and parcel. All this is part and parcel of God is part and parcel of the Most High. So we naturally belong to a culture of love, liberation and constant celebration. And when we extend this love and joy to others, we experience ever-deepening level of God's love. So the world solely needs a, a deeper sense of community and a more mature understanding of personal happiness, both of which depend upon our willingness to raise individual and collective consciousness by sharing our love with each other. So he goes on to state that we just consider the the community of a tree. Although the leaves of the tree require water, we do not need to water each and every leaf individually. In fact, if we water only the leaves and neglect the roots, The trees will not survive very long. However, if we water the roots, we distribute the water throughout the entire tree so that the tree thrives quite nicely. Although we may consider ourselves self-sufficient, we are actually more self-sufficient than the leaves. We act no more self-sufficient than the leaves of the tree. The nourishment we need is love, And by directing our love towards God, we water our roots and naturally distribute love throughout the entire community. And I dare may add that by directing our love towards each other, directing our love love towards our ancestors, towards those whose shoulders we stand upon, and that love is manifest by respecting their legacy, giving homage to their legacy, We are able to indeed uh, distribute that love throughout our entire community. My wife and I attended a memorial for a brother, an icon in our community, by the name of Baba G Turiusi, and the love that was expressed at this memorial was just so so profound. And indeed, we recognize collectively those of us who were at the memorial. Which was here in Brooklyn, New York, at Boys and Girls' High, we were able to share with each other our love for Jitu, our love for his family, our love for the organizations that he created, and was co-founding uh, a, a co-founder of in terms of creating the foundation of these organizations. but we also recognized that his most important contribution was his unconditional, unselfish devotion to our community. So he he more or less uh, created a model throughout his life for those of us who got to know him and to know others like him, those of us who are younger, are less experienced, to be able to say, yes, I need to fashion my life in the mode that G2 shares with us, that yes, Uh, if he was able to resonate with our own particular path and journey, we were reassured that, yes, the path that I'm on is a righteous path, is a good path, because here's someone who's similar journeying like I am, and he's being very successful, and I know that if I uh, stay focused, that my success will also be realized. So, yes, in our families, we must look for those who give the example of unconditional love, of caring. I know as children, our first example of that is our mother, and of course, our father and our grandparents. You know, they have unconditional love for us. And then other members of the family, our siblings, and aunts, and uncles, and cousins. But most importantly, though, it is our parents, especially our mother, who gives us that unconditional love because she gave birth to us. So the same thing holds true with Mother Earth, that indeed we should share that love and focus on caring for Earth, caring for the planet that allows us to breathe the air that we breathe to sustain our life. That allows us to drink the water that we drink to sustain our health. So allows us, which allows us to eat the food that feeds the animals. That is those of us who happen to eat meat, that without that we would not be able to have our nourishment. And of course, like my wife and I, we're both vegetarians. We pay homage and give grace and praise and prayer before we eat every day, every meal, every day. To the Most High, for us to be able to eat the vegetables and and the fruit and and the other items, the nuts and legumes and so forth that sustain our health. I've been doing this for some 25 years now, uh, doing what I um, what I well being a vegetarian, and at the age of 69, who I will be 70 this coming December, I am so uh, grateful and I'm humbled and. And 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 just give praise to the Most High, and I give give great I'm grateful to the Earth, to Mother Earth, for me being able to sustain myself as a healthy man, um, and to be able to sit here, for example, this evening, and to share books such as The Spiritual Warrior by Swami Krishnapad. So we have about five minutes remaining in the show. If you would just stay with us for, for a few seconds and we'll be back with you in a moment. He goes on to state that loving our neighbors goes beyond the surface. Materialism is rooted in duality. It is relative and impermanent, and the material aspects of things are not their inner reality. He goes on to state that more so the materialistic viewpoint focuses on the outer manifestations without paying attention to the invisible essence. We cannot have meaningful, deep relationships by dealing merely on the level of our outer coverings. A materialistic focus automatically disqualifies us from from experiencing a deep level of love. Remember, loving others unconditionally is not based on the material understanding of life, because ultimately all love emanates from the reservoir of love, which is God. If we exclude God from the picture... We are merely attracted to material commodities and phenomena. We cannot experience unconditional love. And as we grow spiritually, we will be constantly amazed at the amount of love we can experience and share. And this spiritual world is filled with eternal loving exchanges that do not end, deteriorate, or disappoint. Even minor competitions and Arguments in such an environment merely serve to encourage more caring and sharing. We have all known of mothers who would sacrifice anything for their children, teachers who would go to any length to help their students, and husbands totally dedicated to the welfare of their wives and families. These simple examples of selfless relationships in the material world offers us glimpse into the spiritual realm of genuine love. And as we saw in the previous chapter, uh, if conflicts arise in intimate relationships instead of producing a rift, they can cause even stranger bonding between the parties. The individuals understand one another better, and this deeper understanding allows mutual caring and respect to grow. So, this is coming closer to the end of, of this show this evening, but by next week I will be reviewing loving and trusting others, being able to, be, uh, being able to keep secrets and confidentiality in relationships. And these are all um, very important aspects of maintaining loving relationships. And they are very universal, these, these particular laws. So we will be reviewing this and I again I thank you so much for tuning in and as we know uh, the shows are now half an hour and those of you who would like to um, visit my website that's drumsofchange.com uh, please feel free to go to my website to access all the books that I review such as this one Spiritual Warrior by Swami Krishnapad. that's K R. I S H N A P A D A And also be sure to visit my website www.healthisalwayswealth.com. I, I and and there's another uh, site titled joytolive.info. That's w dot to live L I V dot. I-N-F-O, and there you will find, you will have access to a free uh, 400-page book dealing with health, and of course health is the first thing that we need to do with ourselves and each other to express love. So again, I thank you so much for tuning in, and we look forward to, uh, actually, I'm sorry, I must um, uh, apologize, it seems as if... I misinterpreted the time, It is we have about ten minutes remaining on the show. Okay, so, yes, we can continue then. The, um, where I left off, what was that at? Right, loving our neighbors goes beyond the surface. Uh, This next point that he makes is genuine love remains constant despite adversity. He goes on to state that love gives us the courage to maintain our position, even an unpopular one in any environment. This does not mean that we should be foolish or naive, for he states that to deny deny unpleasant realities is to express the opposite of love. True love is based on honesty and trust, not avoidance. To love our neighbors as ourselves means to love them deeply as we ourselves would like to be loved. It also means to trust them, and honesty draws honesty to itself, and trust attracts trust. Without these qualities, there is no love. Now, on a practical level, we may wonder how to love an apparently unlovable person and how to trust someone who has not earned our trust. We approach such a person as we would a troublesome child. Parents normally do not adapt their conduct to that of the child. Instead, they they help the child improve by modeling proper behavior and encouraging what is positive. After all, everyone has some good qualities, and parents know their children's boundaries and are realistic about what is dangerous for them, and they often experience, according to their child's level of maturity, encouraging them to grow and protecting them from the demands that might be too taxing. Again, my wife and I were looking at a show yesterday dealing with being scared straight, and the show was basically dealing with teenagers who had gone astray in so many ways, those who brought guns to school, uh, those who were selling drugs, uh, prostituting themselves, those who were getting into fights, and even actually loving and being addicted to wanting to fight. And they were taken to a prison and um, amongst very hardcore inmates, as one of the childs had illustrated and described the uh, institution. She said that, oh, these people are hardcore criminals. And of course, the criminals, uh, the prisoners rather, were instructed to do their best to scare the daylights out of these youngsters by telling them that if they came into, wound up in prison like they were, some of them were there for life. Some of them were there for 25 to life, 25 years to life, five years to life. Some were in solitary confinement. And for the most part, most of the youngsters that came and they were exposed to that experience were scared straight. <laughs> they resolved that they were going to turn their life away, around rather. And their parents were invited into the um, the prison after they went through their all-day session, and they were instructed to apologize to their parents for the behavior in which they had displayed. And, of course, needed to say uh, all of the parents were very happy and, and grateful to know that their children were on the path now of rediscovering their purpose in life and rediscovering the love and the proper way of conducting themselves to them as parents and then to themselves as individuals and to each other and to their fellow man and to their, indeed, to their neighbor. So, yes, many of us live in many communities where it's very difficult for your neighbor, because of the fact that their behavior is unconscionable and cannot be tolerated or uh, forgiven, as it were. But somehow, or other as uh, Swami states, we have to find what level of goodness that they have within them. What what is a, an aspect of them, of their of their uh, personality that has a a quality of goodness, and to look at that, and to approach them from that perspective, it's possible. And, of course, that is sometimes in certain communities a very hard task and something that's perhaps somewhat unattainable as it looks right now. But we must keep in mind that through prayer, through affirmation, through uh, making it a concerted effort in our focus on on what uh, L's our community, that... That is the only way which we can bring upon change. But most importantly, we have to change ourselves. We have to behave properly within our own sphere of life, our own sphere of our family, and also, again, treating ourselves with respect. So he goes on to state, Swami, that if we refuse to view others as enemies... Even if they try to hurt us, we can love almost anyone. We must always remember that our so-called enemies have a desperate need for love, which they are expressing as best they know how. Albeit, in negative ways, as spiritual warriors, we always have a choice in these circumstances. We can respond with compassion or We can view these troubled people as enemies who have our destruction in mind. In the latter case, we become destructive ourselves because we are categorizing others as harmful agents. But if we see them simply as misguided seekers of love, we can remain loving and communicate that love in non-threatening ways. We cannot love those whom we do not trust. So how do we extend our love and trust to untrustworthy people? Naturally, naturally we do not want to victimize ourselves or others by ignoring their negative behavior. We simply must be intelligent enough to know their limitations, supporting their positive characteristics, as I mentioned earlier, and refusing to provide temptations they cannot resist. For example, we would not leave treasured possessions within reach of a thief. But if we secure our valuables, we can trust the thief even in our own home. We can trust alcoholics if we remove alcohol from their surroundings. In other words, we trust others by understanding their boundaries, removing temptations and communicating our love as we do that. If we are clever enough to have a realistic view of our weakness of their weaknesses, we can nurture their strengths to the point that they can even overcome their negative behaviour. And this is how in the proper frame of mind we can 60 seconds. And as we note, this has happened this has happened in, in our masjids, in our churches, in other institutions. Um, and 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 uh, encounter groups, AAA groups, you know, alcoholic Anonymous, and so forth. These principles have been proven to be successful. So again, I thank you for tuning in with us. And as I start, I end by giving praise to the One Most High. I give praise and homage to our ancestors, to my family, to my mother-in-law, to my wife. And I bid thee farewell again. Assalamu alaikum, shalom, hittipu, all my relations, peace and love to all. 10 seconds.